Hey, everybody, and welcome to another session of Concert Conversations brought to you by the beautiful Palace in Waterbury, Connecticut, and our great sponsor, Ion Bank. I am Tom the Suit Forced, and I'm always excited to do this show. I love to talk to people who have had something to do with the Palace, and I usually bring on the performing acts or people, what I consider people behind the scenes. And uh, they are really important. But you know what? There's an engine that I hardly ever talk about, which we're going to talk about today. And that's the most important agent. And that agent is the fan. And today we have what I would consider a super fan. And I'm I'm going to read something here. Picture... October 27, 1976. That is uh, a show at the Palace Theater with Leonard Skinner, uh, Charlie Daniels Band, a 38 special. And uh, I'm looking at a ticket right now that is seat 3000. And that seat belongs to Joe Mitchell. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, Joe, I really want to know this most importantly. How much did seat 3000 cost you in 1976? Well, I'm, you know, I don't have that ticket in front of me, but I think it was like $6.50. You've got the ticket there. I, I've sent the um, some of my ticket stubs on right, to you. Right, right. And uh, that one I just don't have in front of me. Was it $6.50? Yeah, I'll have to look. I'll have to go back and look at that. But I know one of your other tickets, which I'm going to talk about with you, uh, is ten dollars. So yeah, I'm going to say that was six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Actually, um, I I had this. Uh, I went online and found something by uh, Jimmy Coplick, who uh, is very very well known promoter and has brought in some of the largest bands you've ever seen into uh, our area and definitely into the Palace Theater. And he um, has posted uh, this ticket of yours. How far back is uh, seat 3000? Was that, do you remember? Well, actually, three. if you remember now, the Palace in those days, that was a general admission show. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, seat 3000, I'm not really sure. I'm sure they had a, a number of how many tickets they can sell. And uh, the funny thing, and I found the ticket online, the, my ticket where I've got them scanned, and I'm looking at the ticket. It was six fifty, and um, that ticket, I have the whole ticket because the crowd was so crazy. We stood out line all day waiting to get into that show. Bunch of Rowdy Skinner fans, and we were just having a great time standing in line. And when those doors opened at the Waterbury Palace that day. They had no way that they were going to be collecting tickets from anybody that day. That's why I have my full ticket still. They never were able to tear that ticket still. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've got – that's why I've got the complete ticket. Never got torn because I literally just went with the crowd into the show running to our seats to try to get the best seat we can for a fantastic show that we're about to see. Wow, that sounds like a little little bit of Woodstock where they had to take the the fences down. (laughs) (laughs) 1976, I mean, that, you know, those of you who did not grow up in those years, and I did, um, 
those were just wild times. And I'm talking about every day. Uh, so were you a hippie, Joe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was a hippie. Long hair, um, all the stuff, you know, did a lot of um, partying back in the day. Yeah. Um, nothing too crazy. But, uh, you know, around that time, um, it wasn't uh, – it, it was – I want to say okay to um, – to let's say you know get high at the shows that would nobody really gave you a hard time um it was pretty easy and and uh it was pretty smoky in the, in the back of the palace in right those days, right put it that way. yeah well being a yeah. performer you know i i remember being on the road and uh i remember my whole band got totally totally sick we couldn't figure out why and then we realized that you know playing six nights a week in a in a venue where everybody's smoking and usually the vent was somewhere around the uh, stage so it's it sucked it all up into your face <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. we, we actually had to run every day just to keep ourselves from being you know so sick so uh, yeah. how many shows would you say that you've been at uh at the palace um you know i, I wish i can give you a i'm gonna say probably 15 to 20 shows probably closer to the 20 um and the crazy thing is as you see that you've seen my ticket stub from skinnard that was the great uh thing having the full ticket but there were times when they would just take the full ticket and they didn't even give you like you you didn't have time to you know i always tried to say hey can you tear it in a certain way for me so i can have it for for some reason i don't know why then i just wanted to save every concert ticket i every show i ever went to the ticket so unfortunately sometimes they took the whole ticket sometimes you got through with the full ticket other times they just tore it um wherever and if you were lucky enough you still had the the band and the and the the date uh which was important to me uh little did i know i'd be sharing them on facebook you know some 40 50 years later I mean, who knew that, right? <laughs> I so, know. But... <laughs> Are you kidding? I don't even remember, you know, 10 minutes ago. So this is a, a stretch yeah. for me anyway. So Leonard Skinner, I mean, that's and 38 Special. I mean, just I, I love 38 Special. That's kind of yeah. uh, my bias is, is with that group, which is uh, probably a little bit different than most folks. Can you yeah. uh, remember anything that was notable at that concert? I mean, beside those three, you know, the three bands. Yeah. So what I what I remember is um, it was my second time seeing Skinner. What I do remember that was memorable was coming home and telling my buddies who for some reason didn't want to go to the show that day that all I remember is they did a new song about a smell and it blew me away. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. What is that smell? (laughs) Exactly. But all I didn't remember the lyrics. All I remember is they were talking about a smell, and the lead guitar at the end of the at the end of the song was phenomenal. And of course, when Street Survivors came out uh, the following year, uh, we then I was able to say, "There's that song about the smell." There's that smell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, they, like, they were talking about real life uh, in uh, the yeah in those yeah, in, the in those days. You know, uh, it's a funny, uh, it, you just reminded me of something. A long, long time ago, I was a, a teacher, uh, an elementary school teacher. And one of the questions, and this is back, you know, in the 70s, late 70s. And one of the questions when you went to get the job was, what 
is the smell of marijuana. And it would say sweet, uh, something else, and pungent. And, of course, it's pungent, but if you put pungent down, you didn't get the job. Because that means you knew what it's Yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me of that. I haven't thought of that in, you know, 40 years, but thank you. Uh, Thanks for uh, uh, doing that to my memory. Yeah, no. And, and one more quick thing about that show. Yeah, please. Um, 38 Special, like, I, we had never heard of them. They, at that time in 1976... Um, they hadn't, I think they might've had one album out. Maybe they didn't even have their album out, their first album and they weren't well known, but they were phenomenal that night. And I love 38 special and, and, uh, uh great guitarists. And of course, you know, uh, Ronnie's brother, you know, singing. So, um, they were great. And of course, Charlie Daniels, we got to mention them because they were on fire back then too. Right. I mean, so right. in fact, that time, that era, Tom, Southern rock was the king yeah. of music, yeah. uh, at least in, you know, uh, the, the radio stations around that time. I mean, you know, Southern rock was the king between the Allman Brothers and Skinner and 38 and Charlie and, uh, you know, Molly Hatchet, the Outlaws. I mean, you can go on and on, but Southern rock was king back then. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, Joe. Are you a musician? Um, I did uh, sound for a Southern rock band that played the uh, bar circuits around uh the connecticut area southern connecticut uh in fact we played at the wolcott and waterbury i don't know if you remember that place but um anyway yeah so i um i'm not a musician but i did uh was the sound technician for the band well you know the honey the funny thing was when i was on the road most of the songs that you played leads on were kind of in a minor mode and um until you heard things from the Almond Brothers, as an example, and the of mode course. was was different. And I had to rethink everything that I was doing when I heard bands that were Southern rock bands. So uh, it was an interesting time. I don't know if other musicians, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, didn't yeah, get it. Well, but uh, yeah. boy, well, when I well, I remember when where I was when I heard these bands, uh, they were just so remarkable. Yep, Dwayne Allman just, you know, he was a game changer for sure. Oh. And the Allman Brothers for yeah. sure were a game changer. Absolutely. Bass player I play with in Connecticut, uh, Dave Stoltz has played, has toured with Dickie Betts and uh, has played with the Allman Brothers. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah, Dickie Betts had a good band, Great Southern, but he kind of oh, yeah. split up a little bit. From yeah. The, from the yeah. Brothers. yeah, check out yeah. Dave Stoltz. He's a good friend of mine, and uh, okay. and we do play together. As a matter right. of fact, we just had a show that was canceled in New York uh, because of COVID. So, uh, oh, so I'm fortunate to hear that. that. So let's so, get over this thing. <laughs> I'm going to switch to another mm -hmm. one. I mean, you had so many tickets, I couldn't grab them all. Right. Um, where was it? I, I don't know which one it was. Well, I can, go well, ahead, I, go let, ahead. Let me give you a couple of highlights. Yeah, I would love that. Probably, I would love that. Of, of course, Skinner was my favorite band yeah. of the 70s and early 80s, my favorite band. So, But I'll tell you, the one of the best shows I saw uh, of a band I'd not heard of that I went out the next day and bought their album, I went to see Foghat yes. at, the, at the Waterbury Palace. Uh-huh. And um, the opening band was a band. I, they weren't on the ticket. Their name was not on the ticket stub. Was a band called Kansas, 
was opening for Foghat. And when Kansas took the stage that night, they were probably one of the most unbelievable shows I to see a band I've never heard of before. They were so good that when Foghat came out, and Foghat was on fire back then. They they had uh, Fool for the City was out, Slow Ride, and all that. And that's why I went to see them because I love that album. I, yeah. I like Foghat. Yeah. And um, Kansas was so good that Foghat. I'm sure they were good that night, but I was disappointed with them because all I worried about that night was getting home and getting to the store the next day and buying a Kansas album just to get an album to hear what they sounded like on vinyl. And uh, I bought the Mask album, and that was my beginning to being a huge Kansas fan. Wow. Love Kansas, and uh, might be one of the bands I've seen uh, more than anybody in my lifetime, Kansas. Wow. Yeah, and that was the show there. And uh, we'll move forward from that show because um, – the next time I saw – now, when Kansas, when I saw them, they did not have Left Overture out. So they weren't well-known yet and mm-hmm. phenomenal musicians. Well, the next time I went to see them in 1977, um, it was February of 1977. They um, had just – it was uh, – in fact, I got the tickets up here March 16th, 1977. Uh, they were the headliner at the palace theater. Wow. We waited in line all day. I was in the third row center stage for that show. And boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what, what a show. And I'll tell you, I got to tell you a story about the show. It was a phenomenal show. Well, they ended their set with a song called Cheyenne Anthem off of, of left overture, very vivid in my mind, very clear. And the lights went down as they were hitting the final notes of, of that song. And when the lights came up, the band wasn't there anymore. They were gone and the music was still playing. And we just looked at each other and said, okay, what is going on here? The band's still playing. There's nobody on the stage and they had their instruments on stands. Like as if there were, the music was still, the violin was up on a stand. The guitars were on stands and there was no musicians there and the music was still playing. Okay. Now listen, I was partying back then. But this is, this, is, this is a true story. This is how they ended their show back during the tour. The lights go down. And then it took me until about two years ago when I got a tape recording of that show. I got a bootleg recording of that show from oh, wow. that night. And what they did, you can hear it in the tape, is when they were doing the song, at a point in the song, the, the sound man must have played – a can music of the same song, like from the album. Right. So you couldn't tell uh, as the lights went down and they were actually still playing to the switch of the actual album or the music from the album uh, taking over and they were, they weren't playing anymore. Wow. And then the lights come up and they're gone. It took me, I don't know how many years from 1977 till about two years ago to figure out how they did that. So did they and, come back on for an encore? Yes, they did come back out for an encore. Oh, yes, good. they did. So, but just an amazing uh, thing that happened at the, and we we're right there in the third row. We just looked at each other and said, okay, what's going on? Yeah, you, 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 you got to stop they're, your partying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing and they're not on the stage, but their music, but their instruments are still there. What's going on? But now I know what was going on. So, and from what I understand and found out is they did that for all the shows on that tour. That's, That's cool. how that they did. So great memory of uh, another great show at the Waterbury Palace. <laughs> That's great. 
Joe, we're going to take a short break for our great sponsor, Ion Bank. And then I want to come back and ask you a little bit about the palace itself. So stay with us. All right. Business owners know you have to take control of your cash flow to grow your business. Ion Bank has a full range of cash management tools to help you save time, work more efficiently, and prevent fraud. It's never been quicker or easier to take control of your cash flow so your business can take off. Learn more about Ion Bank's cash management tools at ionbank.com, member FDIC. Hey everybody, Tom the Suit Forced here and uh, welcome back to uh, Concert Conversations brought to you by the Palace Theater in Waterbury and, and of course Ion Bank. Today we are talking to someone who is very knowledgeable, obviously, uh, in the music world. And he is uh, what I would consider a super fan um, and is telling us some great stories. So Joe, have you seen the Palace lately? I have not seen the palace lately. I know they redid it, and I wish I could get up there sometime. I I would love to get up there sometime and see a show. Yeah, I know you don't live here any longer. Yeah, I'm in South Carolina now. I've been here since 1994. Yeah, I checked you out on Facebook. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, um, I I played the palace um, as a solo, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was in the foyer. It It was for the palace itself. And I remember thinking, my God, I I can't believe how beautiful this is. It just, they have done such an amazing job at the palace. You cannot believe it. Um, I, I, I think you, if you get a chance, just go on and look at some of the pictures because <laughs> if it looked anything like it did when I saw some of the old pictures, man, uh, you, you will be in shock. I have seen them, Tom. I've seen the pictures of when they redid it, and it looks phenomenal. And, you know, look, of all the concert places, when I lived in Connecticut, I went to anywhere within, you know, I've been to Madison Square Garden. I've yep. been to, obviously, New Haven, and and I've been to uh, Springfield, Mass, and all the concert venues in Connecticut. There's nothing that was better than going to a concert at the Palace. And, look, being a sound guy, I don't think I have to tell you why. Yeah, because the sound in the palace, well, there was nothing like a, a concert at the palace. No echo, clean. Uh, uh, just the sound was was always uh, ten plus at, yeah. at the palace. Yeah, always. and and I mean, just the eye candy of it all. Uh, I I kept thinking, I, I'm like I could die right now, and I'd be I'd be happy. And the palace, I don't know, you know, Waterbury um, has really. Uh, put a nice uh, look on that whole area safe and they've got good parking there and uh, it's really such a p- pretty place and I think Connecticut is is lucky to have it so so let me ask you Joe did you ever have a chance to get backstage or uh, chat with any of the um, performers you know unfortunately no I didn't um I, I didn't have the uh, uh, I don't want to say personality, but I never really tried to get I, I would have loved to have been back there. But I didn't know the right people and didn't have a way of connecting with the right people, because if I did, believe me, I, I would have uh, weaseled my way back there. <laughs> no, I, I can guarantee I, you that. I, I certainly understand that. So, you know, I know these are the times, too, when performers were 
let's say, partying as much as the audience was uh, during the 70s. Um, anything that you remember of any band that was kind of, oh, that guy's a little over the hill there, you know, one toke over the line kind of deal? Yeah, no, I, you know, I don't recall that. Probably another great memory in relation to the palace was you know back in the day you were not allowed to bring i'd say 99.9 percent .9 of the shows you're not allowed to bring a camera in back then yeah right uh, to any venue any right. show yeah. well for some reason when um rossing and collins came uh it was uh 82280 so August 22nd 1980 I've always had my I have a 35 millimeter camera I love taking photos and for some reason that day the ticket did not say on it no cameras allowed so I took a chance and I brought my 35 millimeter camera and wouldn't you know I got in with my camera and got some phenomenal photos which I think you may have seen them did yeah. you see mm -hmm. the pictures yeah and probably you know, seeing the the um the seeing these guys after what they went through, uh the the, the living uh guys from Skinner who made it through the crash and right. that they were actually on stage three years later. But um there's a, the, one of my favorite guitarists of all time, Alan Collins, the lead guitar player for uh, that does Freebird uh from Skinner. Uh the, there's a picture I took that we didn't notice it that night, but he was struggling that night. You could see he wasn't you know, it wasn't what he was, obviously, when I saw him with Skinner three times, but still a good musician. But what I realized in the photo is that his arm, his left arm um, is uh, scarred and like there's you can see the picture. If you see the picture I sent, um, there's a picture I sent of him. And the crazy thing is I didn't recognize that that night until I had the photos developed. And when I had the photos developed, I realized why. Alan Collins was struggling that night. That's something I'll always remember. Um, and of course, he had some other issues going on in his life with other things. But uh, but you, when you see the the damage to his uh, arm, left arm, you know you're a guitar player, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh man, you know if you're a dog, bite me in my right hand, please. Yes, right. So, but um, as far as individual musicians or anything, I saw so many great shows. Nothing that really, you know, that I can say really stands. I mean, seeing Boston uh, 1976 in December when their their album had just come out a few oh, wow. months earlier. And, and you know, Boston was, you know, I don't have to, Boston, that album when it came out, every song on that album is, is a top 10 hit. Right. Every song on that, on their, <laughs> uh, on their album. And to see those guys play live, Tom Scholes was just phenomenal. And the, and again, it wouldn't have been that great if it wasn't in the Palace Theater because the sound that night was spectacular. And you wow. know Tom Scholes, if you know if you follow Boston or know them, yeah. I mean he's a, he's a engineer and a sound guy, and and uh, you know I'm sure he always wanted his concerts to sound great, and it did that night. Phenomenal night. That's yeah. great. Wow. Yeah. So just in in parting, um, Joe, uh, was there anything that you saw? on any of the concerts that stood out? I mean, can you give me the number one thing of any concert that you would say, man, it's a memory for life? Well, I, I guess I would have to say, I already shared that with you, the Kansas thing where they disappeared right. off the stage before our eyes from the fourth row, Yeah, uh, you know, just disappeared. Um, that, you know, that, and I could tell you another thing too about the palace. One place I never sat and always wanted to was in the balcony or over on the side. 
because when we got, well, I was always there early enough to get down in probably the first 10 rows. Cause every show that I went to at the palace was a general admission show. Every show that I went there. I don't know if they still do general admission when they do rock concerts there or, or any concerts, but um, it was always uh, an adventure because we always wanted to be there as early as we can get there so we could get down there and get at least in the first 10 rows. Yeah. Never had an opportunity to sit up in the mezzanine. I wish I did. Maybe one day I will. But, uh, yeah, I never did that. So You know, really- I, I have noticed, and uh, I have noticed both as a performer and definitely as an audience, that the sound is not always pre- prepared for the second level. I don't know if you know what I mean. There's a, there, I won't mention the venue, but there's a, a big theater in Connecticut that it's great down on the floor, but as soon as you get up, you're only getting the periphery of the speakers. Right. Um, I don't know. I, and I, I, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just uh, not enough coverage or the, the acoustics are obviously different. But hey, Joe, this has really been great. I, I have learned a lot myself. Um, uh, I might have been poorer than you in those days. I don't think I went to as many concerts, man, or, or maybe I just wasn't uh, <laughs> driven as much. But you've really given us a, a, a real bird's eye view into the palace uh, in the not the early days, but the earlier days, especially in the wild, uh, you know, 70s. And really, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome, man. I just love sharing my memories. And and to this day, I just I, I always tell people when I went to my very first concert ever, something told me to take that ticket stub and don't ever lose that ticket stub because it was it was a game changer, life changing for me. And to you're going to that send that concert. to me, right? send you the ticket oh you want my ticket <laughs> <laughs> i thought if i did it fast enough you might was, just drop it, it in the, the mail pal- i don't it, know yeah it wasn't at the palace unfortunately it was in 1974 <laughs> oh, okay uh, when i was in high school but uh i just knew for some reason that no matter what i did through my lifetime i would never lose that ticket stub yeah and i started saving every ticket stub not knowing what i would ever do with them except share them with people and then, you know, Facebook came out and I hooked up with Jim Coplick and yeah. I've become friends with him on Facebook. I, him and I have uh, talked a couple of times and uh, um, I love sharing my ticket stubs on the anniversary shows of any day of any of the concerts that he was the promoter for. Uh, helped me connect with him. And uh, hopefully one day I'll get to meet him because he's, he just seems like a phenomenal guy. Absolutely. And, uh, he's you know, he changed my life. I mean, he did by promoting those concerts, all those concerts uh, that I went to back in in the day. Yeah. And uh, memories that I'll never forget ever. That that is true, Joe. And you know what? Um, We really appreciate uh, someone who has the sense of history of the palace because it is a place where some of the biggest acts on the planet have – have gone through there and uh, they're still doing that. So uh, very much appreciated. Joe Mitchell, thanks again uh, for, for being on Concert Conversations. Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, really uh, had a great time sharing the memories. Well, everybody, as you can hear, the Palace Theater has had many legends come through its door. In fact, the Palace Theater is a legend. I don't know if you know this, but the Palace Theater in Waterbury is... 
having its 100th year anniversary during the 21-22 season and is going to have several special events. Most notably, I want to let you know about the Concert Legends Show on October 14th at 7 p.m. at the Palace Theater. The event is going to be presented by the Palace and 91.1 PLR. And it'll feature the king of concert promotion, Jimmy Coplick and PLR's Mike Lapatino. They're going to share some of their backstage stories, so don't miss this show. You can get tickets at www.palacetheaterconnecticut.org. And that's palacetheaterct.org. Or by telephone, you can call 203-346-2000, 203-346-2000. Or, of course, go to the box office on Main Street in beautiful downtown Waterbury, and that area really is nice. So make sure you check that out. I think it's going to be a great show. And oh, by the way, I'm going to be the MC. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for spending time with us on Concert Conversations, and we've got a lot of great guests coming up, so make sure you stay tuned. <laughs>